So the first game that has to be played with a client gently but directly with love and respect is how do we push them out of focusing on what they don't want to focusing on what they want. You have wondered what you would be able to do if you were the ultimate version of you, right? You would then have an easy time creating what you want, and yes, effortlessly enjoying life too. Now, you may know this already, the influence you have over your reality is far beyond what you've been told. Soon, you realize that your outer world is merely a mirror of your inner world, and we're here to connect the dots for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to God. So today we got Cyber Brady here and Alien Michael here with us. So welcome back to God Mode. Uh, this is Halloween week and many of you are celebrating. It's a very exciting holiday. I think it brings back a lot of childhood memory for many of you. And um, some of you are going to get a lot of candy. Some of you are not. Some of you are giving away a lot of candy. Personally, I don't like candy. So, um, but hey, look. That's uh, that's part of the festivity, right? One thing that we want to talk about is the nature of fear during this period of time. And where else in our lives do we have fear? And what kind of fears are there? And can they be healthy? Can they be not so healthy? Can they be even detrimental? So we're going to break down different styles, different versions of fear, and we're going to address what kind of fear may be useful that you may be able to leverage? What kind of fear should you eliminate and get rid of so you can be on the other side of fear? So welcome back, everyone. Good to see board. you. You look good you over too. there. Oh. I yep. think for the sake of audio, we probably can't wear this the whole time. I keep bouncing my head into the microphone. <laughs> for the sake of claustrophobia. <laughs> fear I got going on right now. You look outrageous. It's so ridiculous. Oh. If that's not an incentive enough to start watching God I want to ask you some questions about Area 51, uh, Mr. Alien. If you're not watching this on YouTube, you're missing out. So much better looking. We got to toss the This hair. whole time it was Get a little. <laughs> you never knew. Dang. Well, welcome yeah. back. Happy Halloween. Yeah. I don't know if that was worth it. That worth task it. was so funny. <laughs> we did a 24-hour Mr. Beast live stream on Halloween 2020, and I walked on camera like 14 hours in just wearing that, and everyone just looks. They're like lost for words. Why is there an alien here? It's a good mask. Really, watch this on YouTube, and if you do, like and subscribe. When your next upgrade comes out, you know. You get your push notification on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And you don't want to wait. You don't want to put this off because we're not just going to talk about candy and funny alien masks. We're going to talk about the fear that comes with succeeding and why some people encounter it and then how to get past it. One of my favorite sayings that I've learned from William from Upgrade is that there's no failure. There's only feedback. And I had a hard time wrapping my head around that because I'm like, no, I've definitely failed. You know, and I felt like that was like a core tenet in my identity for a bit. But when I started realizing that there were lessons that I either wasn't learning or there were opportunities that I was just ignoring because I was so wrapped up in the feeling of failure that I was like, I'll just stay over here and just be afraid and, and not try again. And, and I couldn't take these failures. How could I interpret these as wins or feedback to course correct? I, I think a lot of people feel that way. 
Yeah, and by the way, that saying didn't come from me. It came from some of the old masters of NLP. Oh, and um, something that has been discovered is that people look at failure and attach too many fears to it, too much fear to it. But really, failure is just a way for us to learn, and there is no such thing as real failure. It's really just all feedback. So when we attach the label failure to it and attach fear to that feeling or that that label, right, the feeling of of fear, attaching it to the label of failure, all of a sudden people feel fear when they talk about failure, right? But imagine if you attach excitement and or attach, well, motivation or happiness to failure. All of a sudden you're not so afraid of failing. In fact, you don't feel any emotional charge towards it. You just learn from it each time. That's a powerful way to begin. Yeah, there's labels behind the emotions, right? Because, I mean, if you think about Halloween coming up, it's based around fear, scariness, monsters, all that good stuff, right? And there's still playfulness about Halloween, like dressing up. But there's people who are using that fear in their everyday lives who are not realizing that it's detrimental to their, their behaviors, to their success or the results. Um, adopting that there's only feedback, like as a principle, it's a challenging one in the beginning. I'll tell you that I remember when I first heard you, you speak about it and practice it over and over again, I was like, okay, just find the feedback. It's like, that's that's something that it's really challenging to break through in the, in the beginning. Um, what would you say is like, the top solution to get past like adopting that as a new principle for someone that, Hey, you may not be failure. Cause it's, it's ingrained with us in school systems, right? The, the A through the F. So how do you get past that? Um, so humans attach emotions to time and space. If you zoom out in time and or space in your mind, whether it's visually or auditorily or kinesthetically, you'll find that that feeling exits. So to be more specific, if we're super zoomed into this moment and this, this space right now, and I was to perform a task and for some reason I have this fear of failing, that feeling would be more intense if I was visually, auditorily, or kinesthetically closer to that event, mm. to that moment. But if I imagine myself, myself zooming out, distancing in my mind, literally, from this physical moment or whatever physical means and this physical space, all of a sudden I find myself feeling less emotions. A perfect illustration is imagine, and we're all safe and healthy, imagine there's a giant spider in front of you. I don't want that. And let's say it's getting closer, five inches away from your face, right? Two inches. And then the legs are dangling and it's huge. The hair, you can see the hair. Mm -mm. And as the wind blows in the room, you can see the hair all moving with it. And the spider got closer and you can see its mouth and giant eyes. And the spider's the size of someone's face. That's not comfortable, right? But all of a sudden, if you imagine, you put a smiley face on the spider and the spider's actually a stuffed animal and you zoom all the way out, and you notice the spider is like the size of a grains, the grain of, you know, like a grain of rice. I'd still set it on fire. <laughs> but is the feeling of fear so much less? It does change. 
for some people, it completely is gone, right? And so the distance and size all matters. So one of the best ways to, to, to not feel like that there's a fear of failure, in fact, just feel like it's feedback is zooming out in time and space use that with uh, a friend at a concert a couple weeks ago she was talking about planning for the wedding all the nervousness all the anxious feelings that i could tell she was too zoomed in i was like have you tried observing it and she's like what do you mean observing it like just float up for a minute just observe it from like anyone else's eyes but your own get out of your own eye your own associated eyes at the moment and she felt immediately better she's like oh it's gonna be okay and uh, our friend Monty was with us at the time. She was like, you did it again, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just helped her zoom out. Now, one thing that's interesting about this technique is that we can do it. Yeah, if we do it too often, we become too dissociated. Mm-hmm. And if we become too dissociated, we don't know how we feel and our emotions. And then the emotions have nowhere to process itself. So from time to time, when, when it's safe to do so, we should go back in, zoom in, resolve the emotions if needed or feel the emotions and resolve it, right? Resolution does not have to be in a time and space where you're zoomed in, but you do need to know that the emotions are there so you can resolve it because emotions are feedback delivery mechanisms. So they're not there just to scare us. They're there because there's feedback. There's, There's a message behind it. So if we're always zoomed out, we may not feel the urgency to resolve the emotion. I think like when I was a kid and I was learning how to ride a bike, I kept falling over and I was so upset that I couldn't get it. And I carried it with me for days because it took me days of figuring the bike thing out. And that's such a distant memory now that the feelings and the emotions I had associated with it are, you know, it's not there. So that that's interesting when you say that, like zooming out and then also taking the whole way of looking at it and going, the emotions are here, not because you need to get beaten over the head with them, but because they're, they are trying to tell you something. Like, what is it? Oh, I'm, I'm worried that if I do this thing uh, in business, it's all going to blow up and backfire. And I'm, and I'm terrified and I'm, and I'm anxious. Like, oh, really? If you were to unpack that, what's the, what's the reason behind that? Like there's, there's two sides to that coin. Here's the front of it. I'm anxious. And then the other side of it is, well, I want to make sure well, I don't know. How would you quantify that? Someone's feeling anxious. And then what could that anxiety serve to represent? They're, they're not focused. focusing on what they want. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, they're not focusing on what they want. It's just, it's the unconscious mind actually saying, hey, you told me you cared about this, right? So it's, it gives the warning signal through emotion mm-hmm. to remind the captain of the ship, like you're not focusing on what you want and you're only focusing on what you don't want. And we're all guilty of it at times. So use it as like, hey, this is a safety mechanism. Instead of like feeling like, you know, crappy, be like, oh, thank you, unconscious mind, for reminding me to focus on what I want. We can still safely proceed. See, sometimes people, when they before they make a large investment that will change their lives, like when they jump into a training with us, for example, some of our higher-level trainings are not cheap, right? And so even, even for a very, I would say, successful individual, it's their first time investing this much into, into themselves. And so some people get this feeling right before they fully commit. They're like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. Well, it's because they're unfamiliar with this person that they are going to evolve to. Yes. Right? They're, they're like, oh, my gosh. 
this is going to this is going to be a different person than who I'm familiar with, the person full of limitation. I'm going to be this new version that I'm not even aware of. I don't know how to predict new patterns. What if I just get everything I wanted? Mm. What if I just like snap my finger and everything just magically appear? What if I just have the most abundant life ever and have the best relationship, most most attractive people in my life that I want, or 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 you know whatever it is that they desire, right? Or have all the abundance financially, and relationship, and health, that's not familiar to them. So to them, they get this feeling, no, no, no. So that is a problem. I distinctly remember sitting in a Burger King parking lot, <laughs> and I was on the phone with you, and I was going back and forth on that exact thing. I'm like, I've never invested this much money in my life. I'm eating at Burger King. Like I'm gonna put five figures down for your training, and and I'm terrified. Like, what if I don't rise to the occasion, or what if? And then I was doing the opposite of what you were just saying, because what's amazing now is that that is how I think. But before, I was finding all the reasons as to why I I don't think I deserve to spend this much money on me, and then I did it. I felt like I had discovered a whole like quadrant of my mind that I had never considered and definitely wasn't working with. I got to tell you the truth. One of the games that Michael and our sales team always have to play with clients in the most, you know, it's a dance. It's an intricate dance of being gentle and kind and, and, and empathetic while calling out this pattern because clients will feel that, right? And they'll, they'll think of all the what ifs what if it doesn't work out? What if this or that? While in the most gentle yet direct manner, Michael and the sales team has to tell them, hey, look, that is precisely why you need upgrade mm. so that you stop running those loops of what if it doesn't work out? Because that same pattern shows up in other areas of their life. They need to begin to change the what if dialogue to what if all these good things begin to happen? because that is how they need to talk to their unconscious, right? So the first game that has to be played with a client gently but directly with love and respect is how do we push them out of focusing on what they don't want to focusing on what they want. I mean, you can ask Michael, like when he talks to people, how often they're like, oh man, right? I don't know. I mean, they don't call and they come to us if everything's all good and dandy, right? Um, now, that might be a generalization. A lot of our clients come to us very highly successful. I think they just know that there's a potential inside of them that they haven't unlocked yet, and we can help them with that. So to your point, yeah, there's people who are focusing on what they don't want, and we have to just bring it up to them in a very empathetic way, like, oh, instead of, like, what if, what if? It's a small little slight tonality change, but that does get the emotion into the what if possibilities because our potential as human beings is infinite, right? There's this massive unknown tap potential that we have as human beings. And my job in sales and our sales team is to make sure that people have that belief and that we can help them get from a point A to point B faster with our tools. Check this out. The, the, the truth that fear exists, the, the reason that it exists is because most people have no idea how capable the human mind really is. Now, if they really knew how capable the human mind in general is, 
they wouldn't actually be fearful and they would be just resourceful instead. But the only reason they underestimate how capable the human mind can be is because they underestimate themselves. Because they can't see Whoa. through the lens that they are not, right? So if they don't see that an investment into their mind is worth it, it simply means that they underestimate their mind. They underestimate their true potential. So the game, the very next thing that we do during this intricate dance is how do we help the client realize that they have more potential, that they are worth the investment, that they actually do need to if they want to actualize and explore this potential. Because nobody at the end of their life is like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I never explored my true potential. No, the opposite. That's a, a hospice nurses, they always talk about that. It's like a saying, there was a study, I'm going to botch it, so I'm not even going to try and paraphrase it. But the consensus was the majority of, of people on the end of their lives were like, I, I wish I had done more. I wish I wasn't so paralytic yeah. by what if and, and, and the feeling of failure. Like, I should have just tried it. I should have just sent it. And and if I failed, at least I can tell myself that I tried it. Now I'm here looking backwards and I go, gosh, I would give anything to have that back. Could you imagine playing a video games and just never leveling up? <laughs> I mean, just trying to stay the same. Imagine I mean, how boring. boring that would be. Yeah, I'd throw that game away. That is how many people live their lives. So many people live their lives that way, right? Where... If you begin to level up, you begin to observe what can help me level up the fastest. Oftentimes, it's literally with buying the services, the training, the skills, rather than trying to grind through it. I mean, think about how even video games are designed to show us, hey, look, if you just pay, pay a little bit, you can literally like outgrow everyone else. That dollar sign actually trades, skills, and resources. So in the same manner, in the so-called real world, we trade, that's how I observe my life. I'm like, hey, what's the fastest way for me to break through all of the junk in the world? Because in this day and age, it's not that we don't have enough information, it's because we have too much information. Mm -hmm. Most people don't know where to go to find the real truth that will actually get them to where they want to be, like Michael said, from A to B, right? Point A to point B. So I wanted to find people that have done it before, that have clients that have done it, and then I just pay them and they show me what to do because with money, there's that exchange and they're invested in my growth. I'm invested. So my breakthrough has been how do I strategically place financial investment in myself so I can decrease the time it takes to experience failure, the so-called feedback. So mm. I'm willing to pay for the lessening of the failure or the feedback so I can Whoa. skip those. That's why Upgrade was born. I mean, it's a time machine, right? When you're paying for knowledge of someone who's already gone before and figure out these things for you. So to your point, there's an abundance of information out there and it can be challenging. It's like, well, I could just get on Google. I could just get on YouTube. I could figure this out. You could. Yeah, if you could figure this out, they would have done it, right? Yeah. A lot of you who say you could have, but for some reason, that's a different story. It's like I say I could figure out how to build a house. Do I want to? Probably not. Hopefully no. not. 
It'd be a wonky house. No, no dogging on your your home fixing ability. The but. problem is like after you built one, you realize all the mistakes you made. You have to go build another one, and then you realize that all these other new mistakes that you've made. Instead, I could just go buy a house from someone who's built a thousand homes, learn all their lessons, that have distributed the cost of those failures across the previous one thousand buyers. I get the perfected product. Hmm. Have you seen everything everywhere all at once? Yeah. We've talked about that movie a bit. There is this, um, so for people that haven't seen it, the basic concept is multiverse dimensions. There's a version of you in this movie that has, uh, you're the exact same, but your fingers are made out of hot dogs. So it's like <laughs> every possible iteration. And someone comes in from a different dimension seeking the main character's help. I can't remember her name. She's an incredible actress. Different multiverse. Yeah, from a different multiverse. And they come to her and they go, you are the anomaly and we need you to help us save this multiverse. And she goes, what do you mean? Well, because in this show, you can jump into another alternate version and borrow skills. So in one alternate universe, she dove into her, her true calling and she became like the Jackie Chan, like a martial arts master. So she gets to go and tap in, boop, download those skills and use them in that moment. Or she gets to go to another one where she is a world-class opera singer. But the, the catch of it is, is you go into that world and get that skill, but you, you see how your life could have been. And you go, oh, I don't want to go back. Look at this. I'm on stage. I'm singing to thousands of people. I'm in movies. I got paparazzi around me. And I got to go to this version of me that has this skill, but then I got to go back. And he says that the reason that you were the anomaly is because out of all of these timelines and all these multiverses and these directions you could have chosen, where you're at right now is you didn't choose any of them. You haven't done anything. You're the least fulfilled version of you but then you go and you see i could have been a you know, martial arts master i could have been this like acclaimed singer whatever and it just struck me as profound like how many people could just take the reins on something and be this insane version of themselves and the hindrance was the fear of failure like that was it you know i don't want to do that what if no one likes my voice who cares it could be unique I don't know if I could do that. You know, there's this thing and it just, it, it, sometimes it blocks us. And so this is so important for you today to understand that these symptoms, these emotions, they are encoded with the exact explanation that you need. And it is that you're not focusing on the stuff you actually want. You know why video games are far more addicting than real life for mo many people? No consequences? Um, because the consequences have been designed because oh. the dopamine hits, the serotonins, the, the, all of the feelings that you would want the user or the, the gamer or, or whoever that's playing the game have been designed. So if you complete this, you get this. And it's appropriately designed. If it's appropriately designed, the game gets more popular. Well, real life oftentimes is not designed, which is why we built Upgrade Launch, for people to design their life. Most people don't design their life, so sure. they literally don't get the rewards that they want. In fact, they punish themselves for not getting the success. And then they punish themselves even more sometimes by getting the success. Super strange if people do it, right? That is, Hold yeah. on, just a little a caveat to that. Yeah. They're doing it unconsciously. It's of not course. like we were saying there's people out there consciously punishing themselves, and that's what's worse, actually. They're doing it unconsciously. Whoa. So they're seeking out things as validations toward those beliefs that maybe they don't believe yeah. they they're all right. I'm afraid 
but they don't believe in themselves. So they're seeking out those things unconsciously and that's how they're punishing themselves. And most of the time they're doing it just to feel right, like a self-justified <laughs> philosophy. But, you know, a self-justified philosophy is actually the enemy of peace. Wow. In a way where, like, if you keep looking for the validation of the things that hold you back, like I told you it wasn't good enough or I knew it wouldn't work, that's the enemy of peace for yourself. Yeah, it's uh, it has to do a lot with uh, how they organize their values in their mind, what's important to them. And so when someone experienced life without design, they are going off of, you know, this unpredictable pattern of do I get rewarded? Do I not get rewarded? Do I get punished? So to them, that is far less fun and less predictable than playing video games. Well, no wonder people want to play video game. And then parents are like, you shouldn't play video game. Well, make their life a little bit more exciting, perhaps. I'm not saying that parents should be responsible, but they're partially responsible, right? Hmm. And, and, and the child needs to find those resources for themselves. But sometimes you can't expect a four-year-old to do that or six-year-old to do that. The parents, you know, are perhaps doing their best. That's fair, hmm. right? Society are perhaps doing the best they can. That's fair. That being said, that leaves the responsibility with those of us who sees this, who, who see this as an opportunity to help people, the possibility to help, right? That's the, the purpose of behind the upgrade mission to show people you could design your life, gamify your life, make it fun, enjoy your life, right? and design all the things you want, experiences you want, design out all your years, design out all the rewards, design out all these consequences, and then step into it. And we show you how to track all those things and incentivize your mind to really make that happen. So your life becomes an incredibly fun video game that has real life consequences. The first time I did this too, it was on our phone call, um, <laughs> not the Burger King call. It was when I was in North Carolina. Yeah, I remember. And so here's what happened. If, if you're listening to this going, oh, great, yeah, I, I'm going to Sharpie into some ideas and suddenly they're going to come into my life, listen to this. This is verified and you can see it on YouTube. It has 150 million views. Uh, I was a film director at now the world's largest YouTube channel. And at the time, we were in quarantine because it was COVID. And so I had some rare moments of, of peace and I managed to get on a call with William because I was looking at getting into the focus challenge which is now the launch program and you made it cheaper which is actually amazing we'll talk about that later so you and I are talking on the phone catching up and you asked me let me what do you think man what if you could just have anything in the world what would that be like let's call it sandbox mode poof it appears out of the air let's play a game what would you pick and I hadn't considered that because I was so focused on uh, doing an amazing job on filming big videos, on getting tens of millions of views, on, on serving my team. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about what I wanted other than like a nap. And so I was like, you know, I'm renting right now. It'd be cool to get a house. You know, I'm 28. I'd love to have that. And you suggested, you're like, what if you could have that sooner than you think? And I was like, that'd be awesome. I don't know. Sure. I'm just not, I'm not in the market and I got stuff to do. I'm working seven days a week. Well, fast forward to two days later, we're filming a video where we bought all of these houses. We fully furnished them with beds, clothes, laptops. It was a $9,000 hot tub for some reason. 
we bought all these houses and we literally were finding strangers, seeing if they would just play our game and if they would just give us $1. And if they did, we gave them the entire house, everything in it, a fully furnished house. It was bananas because like, who's doing that? That's ridiculous, right? We'd given away three so far. People could not believe that this was happening. Some guy off the street, turns out he was a private investigator. So he's kind of sitting there with his hand on his piece the whole time. Like, who are these scam artists trying to give me a house? We had to show him the channel. We're like, we at the time, it's 60 something million subscribers. And he's like, oh, this is legit. And just 180 really quick. It was so absurd. The fourth house, everybody, I come to set, everyone's looking at me. And just, it's different. The whole thing felt different. I'm like, what is going on? So I'm going through my checklist. We're getting ready to film. And then the creative director takes me aside and says, listen, you're going to be in this video and you are going to compete for this house. And my mind went, what didn't I just say that I wanted a house two days ago? I started designing it just a little bit, just a little bit. I didn't even write anything down. I put some money towards the training and then I was like, okay, cool. I energetically kind of want stuff to, to change soon. I didn't think it would be two days later. I ended up winning the house. You can watch the video on YouTube. It's called, I, I bought, or I sold my house for $1. And I win this whole house with a hot tub and a MacBook and all this stuff in it. And the two fish tanks. I don't even know what happened to those. The point is, is that I had never actually designed anything, I think, with real clarity because I was probably afraid, I was afraid that I was just going to let myself down because what if I don't get it? But instead, that fear was telling me that I didn't think I, I deserved it or that I, because there was a chance I couldn't get it, you better not even waste your time. Don't even worry about it. But the second I did and I got clear, I was like, yeah, weirdly, all the things I want, sure, like I want a Lamborghini, whatever. I want a house. That's what I want. And then it happened. <laughs> I, got, I got one. It was cool. And so this is one of my favorite stories. And we talk about it actually, you know, in our upgrade events sometimes because it just illustrates, hey, listen, if you're here, you're this far in the episode, you know about our show. I think you kind of deserve to have more. In fact, I know you do. So, you know, add some uh, design to it. Like if you upgrade could just launch pick, upgrade, literally, yes. that's the whole thing. It actually maps it out in very good detail. I think everyone deserves to know what they want and design that and have a guided version of this training, a way for them to explore and, and design all of the rules and, and, and all of the incentives of life. And when they do, then there's reason for them to continue to upgrade. There's reason for them to experience stuff like what you experience. That's why we made it so inexpensive. $49 a month, people can jump in and have, you know, tons and tons of content and training, right? And and uh, in fact, every quarter or so, we'll jump on and do a live training to help all of the people in the community. Because I believe that the more people who are aware of what they want, the more resourceful they get. Mm. And then the more resourceful they get, the more tools we can give them. And I mean, truthfully, we want them to get resourceful so they can buy more training, so we can help them further. And then so they could truly free themselves. Now this time, not just with knowing what they want, this time they have tangible, skills to get their mind in the right places and help those around them do the same, right? So I think that with this episode, as we're talking about fear, the most important thing is that there's a lot to be fearful for or of if we don't know what there is to get excited for. Wow. <laughs> Blow my mind. Right? I mean, because I'm a lot less scared 
knowing what I could have beyond the fear or around the fear or away from fear, there's a lot more in the world that is worth us being excited for. People do crazy things for love and for those who they care about. Fear goes out the window because there's so much more at stake. Yeah. Well, same thing. What do we love? Are we just talking about people? Are there, what about ourselves? What about the, the things and experiences that we desire for ourselves and those we love? People don't design them. There's less reason to not feel fear. Hmm. So super important to design what we want and really have more things to be excited for than to be scared of. Definitely. I'm excited for uh, a new future course we're going to be bringing out too with Dr. David Morehouse because Dude. that's someone oh who will gosh. really show you how to tap into the potential of what... <laughs> I mean, this is gentlemen. We, we've talked about a prior episode. So I think it's episode 64, three. You guys interviewed him together. David Morehouse was episode 76. Okay, I'm way off, but either way. Yeah, close. Go back and check it out. Great episode. Hear from himself. This is a man who knows how to tap into the potential of really things that are out there of beyond space time exactly so he knows what human beings are truly capable of and once that comes to the upgrade system with everything that you've designed over the past eight years and upgrades become we're going to have an operating system that will push human evolution faster so the goal so, is to upgrade humanity yeah. do it together so uh you're here jump on board in a beautiful system where there's no judgment Unlike, and look, nothing against religions, but there's no judgment and there's no expectation of you need to be perfect. You need to be this way or that way. What we, all we want to do here at Upgrade is to show you that you deserve more, is that you can design what you want and that as you do so, you can actually create more abundance for yourself, your family, those you care and the world. There's no need to take from others. You can have more and everyone else can have more. So this is essentially the premise of Upgrade. We're not expecting you to be saints. We're not expecting you to be one way or another. We have no judgment. It's judgment-free system that I've always wanted for all of humanity that allows you to explore what you truly are capable of. And mm -hmm. you said this. You said we want you to understand that you deserve more, which means you may need to recognize that you may have been believing some things about what you thought you deserved, which is... Like, yeah, okay, I deserve more. No, 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 no. Even beyond that, you have been probably conditioned. Like, I had a weird suggestion as a kid. You shouldn't make more money than your dad. I accepted that suggestion. So you may have programs that have been running in your background mm. that are governing this thing in your head that it's like, well, no, I don't deserve that. Why would I deserve to win a house out of nowhere? Or why would I deserve to have my business take off? You do. Just for the merit that you're a person and there is simply no reason for you to not have those those experiences, that richness in life, there's like not a good reason to not have that if the resources are available and if you're determined enough. So why is it that people are like, oh, I'm not worthy of that? It's like, that's weird. What, because you've made mistakes? Look around the room. Is, has anyone not? You know, the point is, is that you deserve to have more and you get there by removing the programs that were telling you you deserve less. It's good to see you guys. Me I as well. very, very much appreciate this conversation. Mm. Talk to you guys in the next episode. And meanwhile, subscribe and like and check out Upgrade Launch. Life is good and it gets better every day.